someone did message me the other day and be like, just listen to you guys talk about Greek myth. And one of you said the phrase gaping frenzy. And to be honest with you, I remember you saying gaping frenzy or one of us did. And we both laughed at it a lot, but I don't even remember what we did on episode about Greek myth. That's yeah. Hang on. I need to look at our episode titles. Uh, Greek myth. I, I know we did Nordic, but... Unless it was like a reference to some Greek myth in amongst something else. Sipposi. I don't know. Uh, yeah, like there was definitely the Nordic stuff. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, no, me neither. And I was just like, I trust that she's right because she's listening to it, but... Yeah. Or maybe she just got really confused. Like, ah, yes, Odin, the Greek god. <laughs> the, the god of gape. Sorry, japes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god look i know that a lot of those old pantheons were quite specific with some gods it's like oh this one's well, the yeah. god of like when you're dealing uh, with the greek system and they've got like 40 of them yeah one of them's got to be the god of gaping yeah the god of having a pretty good time that's just dionysus yeah he probably was really into that yeah just having a pretty good time fuck yeah yeah let's have a pretty good time on hey brew <laughs> please let's make that the um the tagline another one of our official taglines that we add to weekly let's have a good time this episode's tagline let's have a pretty good time <laughs> oh you, yes. i'm gonna regret saying that with the story that i've got hello folks Welcome to another episode of Hey Brew, the podcast about beer and storytelling. Each week, one of us brings a beer and an off-tangentially related story. And they often link the two in a way that could be amusing or entertaining. My name is Elliot. My name is Mike. It's been a couple of weeks since we did an episode because, quite frankly, um, the unrelenting... uh, pressure of existence in lockdown does not for a creative atmosphere make would no, that be accurate no i was i was uh you know we, we had a time scheduled last week to do this episode uh i had things kind of in place i had beers that i had ideas for but i just i couldn't get the creative juices flowing mm-hmm. uh there was i just i kept trying to get myself like in that headspace and it was just like nah look dude i i don't have this one in me this week nah man well, so like, we just just push it out a week until well now when you're hearing this well we've we've certainly been in the position before where we're like we don't have anything fully laid out let us pull something a bit together and we'll fuck an episode out and it'd be good and in any other week that's been doable yeah and then last week we literally spent like half an hour on the phone being like okay well here's a few ideas we're banding them around i'm sure we can pull something together and it got to about 4 p.m we both went fucking nothing i've got nothing yeah i had like uh i think a good like maybe three or four beers where i was like i could do something here but also like <laughs> that makes it sound like you had a few beers and like i could fucking pull this together <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like that um but no like the, the ideas i was coming up with and one of them we're going to do today like they also just weren't something i was in the mood for like uh, what i was trying yeah. to find was like some sort of like positive distraction you know the things that i need personally <laughs> Yeah, moment. one, one um, of them we did discuss a hostage situation. We we're like, ah, he's not chirpy. Yeah, um, so I'm going to do my best with this one today because it's on its face, not necessarily a positive, uh, not, not a fun time, but it's going to be interesting to say the least. I'm keen. I'm keen yeah. as a bean. Yeah. Hey, you never know. Uh, very soon we may be able to, if not record together, at least deliver the beer to each other so we don't have to be so quite so restricted by what we're yeah. doing. Yeah, that is like... You know, we're getting closer and closer here in Melbourne to maybe ha- being able to have a beer together in some way. Um, I'm okay. still a little bit frightened for how that is actually going to end up rolling out, but we'll see how we go. Yeah. I, I want to do like a, a, a tiny PSA. that I, I read something today that I thought was really interesting. It's like, was just saying like, whatever you might think of this, like no matter how much you support it all, etc., it's still okay to say you're not having a good time. And I think yeah. that's something I really needed today was to read that. And it's like, yeah. you might support Dan Andrews, but you can still say that he's fucked some things up. You might support this lockdown, but you can still say it's shit. So people in Melbourne, like, just like, we know. All yeah. right, we know. We, we are one, we are, well, two of you. We are there with you. We are going through mm. all of this. And 
you know, bo- both of us have, you know, jobs that we can easily do from home and supportive We're probably workplaces. two of the lucky ones, you know. Yeah. And even with all that, uh, it's it's the real base level shit of like being able to see friends, uh, being mm-hmm. able to just like be in a space with other people. You know, like you can make do with video calls and stuff, but that only it gets you so same. far, you know. No. And we're sort of losing runway, I guess, on like how effective that is. Uh, that's, yep. that's the thing I've been feeling is just really missing actually being in a place with friends. And now that some of those restrictions have sort of loosened, I've been able to go to a park and catch up with a, with a couple of people. And that's been mm-hmm. really nice. Um, the, the golf course near where I live, uh, somebody cracked a hole in the fence and I went and sat in there with a friend and had a few beers. And that was <laughs> real fucking someone great. cracked a hole in one. I was like, all right. <laughs> no, like, because obviously they can't play golf and it's a huge amount of green space that is not being used. Um, yeah. So at some point a hole appeared in the fence and since then a council sign has basically been put up to say, this hole will be closed up when golfing resumes. So they're aware of it and apparently endorsing it. Hey, um, I like that. Derby yeah, City Council are pretty it's decent, always aren't they? Just, it's always just full of people, you know, in responsibly sized and spaced groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a huge amount of space that would otherwise be totally unused at this point. You know, I, I did go down to one of the local gardens recently. Not just like someone's garden, but it's like Yarraville Gardens. <laughs> and um, I went down there and had a couple of beers in the sun. And I noticed that, that, like, no matter where you sat, there wasn't a single person sat within, like, probably 10 meters of you and i was like good on you like yeah you are all out here it is all a nice day but you're all being good about it no one's been a dick that's it which is you know the dream yeah so we're 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 getting there uh it's just yeah it does drag on you know it's been mm-hmm. fucking what six seven months now yeah of various forms of this so Think, things exhausting. could be better but i tell you yes. what it could be worse so very That's true. my take on just about everything in my life. Um, anyway, that is all of the COVID stuff. We're not going to do any more of that, I hope. Uh, that is COVID-free from here on out. You got it. Can that was do. our hand sanitizer in the mouth. <laughs> just just straight in there. Just rub the hands clean of it. We're done. Hell yeah. Uh, I've been um, giving myself hand sanitizer um, enemas um, oh. to just get... Wait, oh, no. What were we talking about again? Oh, okay. Oh. Sorry. We'll maybe, maybe cut that uh, bit. Speaking of putting alcohol in your mouth, do you want to? I don't know. Look at look at this beer that we've got today. <laughs> really didn't know where you were going to go with that. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of putting things up your ass, um, <laughs> I was whoa. trying to go back a step. Yeah, fair. Um, so we're on slightly different beers today because um, Elliot's a thirsty boy and drank the one that we thought we'd have. Yeah. To be fair, I drank it weeks ago. It wasn't uh, something yeah, I okay. did over the weekend. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. And this beer, or like. Uh, the the one that you've got you can potentially still get this one not a chance um but the one that oh, really? i've got uh i don't think so because i think it was like just a very limited thing we'll get into it so the yeah. four pack that we've spoken about before that the uh who was it it was little bang and big, big shed, shed did uh for a virtual tasting event we're now crossing off the other two from from that four pack in terms of Haybrew's coverage Sorry. which is great I- this has inadvertently become a thing we've covered, um, and I think yeah. we need to talk quite quite openly about this on social media a bit more, so we can maybe get some more coverage on it. But I just yeah. thought, I wonder if they collaborated again, whether they if they like, came together as an organisation, they could call themselves. And I was like, hmm, little big, mm, no, no, bang little, shed, and I was like, that's even better, little shed. <laughs> I like bang shed. Bang shed's pretty good. I'm gonna have a bang shed one day. <laughs> <laughs> little shed, big bang. Wait. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we've covered the two barley wines that were that were in that four pack. Now we're going to cover mm-hmm. the two imperial stouts that were in there. Um, so the one that I've got, the recommended uh, pairing for this episode, uh, is the one from the big shed uh, big shed brewing concern. It is called Erebus. It is an imperial stout. Uh, weighing in at some 11.2% alcohol by volume. Uh, Elliot, why don't you tell us what you've got? I have got um, the Sludge Beast, which, as well as being an Imperial Stout, is um, how I'm referring to my physique post-lockdown. Oh, God. (laughs) Good. (laughs) It also does look like something out of Dark Souls, which uh, anyone who knows me and cares to listen to me for more than about four minutes will know that I love. Yeah, the artwork on that is like a, a big... Godzilla looking thing but also like it's been dipped in motor oil 
Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's to be honest, with you, it's a bit more Bloodborne than Dark Souls, or maybe even Dark Souls Three. Um, the uh, Post of it's Humanity. Like, you're on the wrong podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Elliot's Dark Souls pod. How yes. it's not come up more in this? Anyway, uh, so do you want to crack them open? Yes, please. Just cut myself off before I know where I go, dude. It comes up plenty. It's just all in the pre-pod stuff that never goes out. One day you'll play it and we'll be okay. I can talk yeah. to you about Dark Souls. Oh my word, that smells amazing. Oh, that's the tastiest smelling sludge beast I've ever met. Mm. It's also worth pointing out, what was it? It was like 23 degrees here in Melbourne today. I thought you were going to say 23%. I was like, it no. may not be. And now, now we're sat here drinking big, dark imperial stouts. Yeah, big what old wintry beer for the uh, big old summery weather. It's been an absolute delight of a day, to be honest. It does look like yeah. it's cooling down quite nicely now as well. So I'm going to go for maybe a little walk after dinner. Mm, how or delightful. I won't. I'll play some <laughs> God of War. Or you'll drink this beer and you'll fucking fly around the neighborhood. To be perfectly honest with you, I think if I drank this beer, I would sludge my way around the neighborhood. I'd be there just like... Mm. So it's it's a nice a nice dark brown on this one. Like, that looks stunning. Like I, yeah. I realize it's a camera, so that doesn't work. But the, cam- um, the camera's doing all the heavy lifting here, at least for your benefit, but uh, not for those at home. All right, let's... Right. Uh, Give give these big dark beers a whirl. Mm. That is boozy, but that is tasty. Yeah, I was gonna say gonna basically say the same thing. Um, this is kind of hard to do with us having different beers. Um, um, mm. The thing is, they're both imperial stuff. So I think I mm. think we can just talk a bit candidly about what we're tasting. Um, yeah, do you want to go first or should I? Uh, you go first. I'm still getting yeah, in the getting in the getting in the zone. Um. Burnt fruity sort of thing, um, uh, which I'm seeing here is like you know, uh, coffee, cocoa, vanilla, oak, port, which you know all kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, it 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 is um, dark and stormy taste. It's not a very good uh, you know description, but there's definitely like a boozy warmth to it, like when you mm. have a, a whiskey. Um, but it's got like this, um, yeah, sort of soft sticky sort of chocolatey like puddingy almost kind of like taste to it as well um it is definitely boozy in that respect and you know you know it's the 12 percent that it is christ yeah right um i had a fairly less booze free weekend than usual so i'm not feeling the awful anxiety that comes with me drinking this today um but uh that is really tasty Mm. I think that is genuinely really nice. Um, yeah, that, and my immediate thought on the first mouthful was, I am buying more of this. Yeah, the the good news there is that I think is it's either one of their core range or like it's a repeat seasonal thing that they do because it's something that I that I've had before as well. Um, so in you that case, should, I'll, should I, I'm leaning it. over to the laptop now and typing in Sludge Beast so I can find some more. Just FYI. Yeah, good. yeah whereas this one. Uh, because it's like the the label on it says Brewers Series, and it, the only time I've seen it was in this four pack. And trying to even find information about it uh, for for this episode, uh, it was kind of hard to actually find anything on their website about it. Um, that's uh, that's kind of a shame because I really liked that beer that you're about to describe for yeah, us. Yeah, um, the the thing I'll say about this is like similarities between this and the the sludge beast like that boozy warmth is is definitely there with this one even though it's a slightly lower percentage um it's a good like it's just a like good solid stout it's not really doing any of the you know the cocoa or the coffee sort of flavors it's just Mm. it's a big dark beer um it's not quite that kind of creamy texture in the mouth um which which sometimes i tend to prefer um, yeah, you get them a lot with anything with a bit of lactose or milk stout. Yeah, so I think it's just like, it's just a good classic kind of imperial stout and they're, they're doing a pretty good mm. job with it. Um, when I was looking it up, I saw like some reviews on Untapped or something that were mentioning like potentially a weird smell off it, but I'm really not getting any of that. Um, That's fair enough. It just, I, I, it's kind of just a decent stout, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that was my memory of it is that it wasn't it wasn't like... Well, like we always go back to things like garbage stout and crime for being yeah. stouts that are really interesting and put like mad flavors through it. Showpieces. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I seem to remember sitting down with Erebus and just being like, this is, it's a, 
yeah, not quite as like creamy. It's like slightly thinner, but not like watery mouthfeel. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, it was just like, this is really tasty. Like I yeah. really enjoyed Erebus. Like I, I, I hope that you do too, but I, yeah. I loved it when I had it. Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying it. I think the thing that is holding me back from drinking it faster is just like 12%. the amount. No, the yeah, the amount the alcohol comes through, it makes me think. Oh, I should slow down. Actually, um, it's not. Mm. It's not like the beer is actually tough to get through because of anything that's in it. It's just no. there's a lot of booze in this, and I want to go. I want to read my words good. Yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. I think, um, like, I think both of these beers, if you aged them in whiskey barrels, would be okay. that would be quite fun. Like yeah. to give it just that little element of that. Um, mm. I'm I'm certainly very much enjoying this. I do even think that like a nice, ever so slightly smoky whiskey to go alongside it would be fantastic. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite combos is just mm. a good a good heavy stout, and then a not not necessarily like a super smoky whiskey, but definitely some amount of that in there. Yeah, you don't want like a real nice, bag, but that's something that no. I I haven't come across so much. Like almost like a blend of of of, of slightly peaty smoky whiskey. Or rather, a strong peaty something like a Ardbeg or a um, what's it called? Like not Brookladdich. What's the Lafroy? Like, yeah, and then like a more space idea whiskey. I, I do not know how this podcast became a whiskey podcast all of a sudden, but imagine like a partially peated whiskey. That'd be really nice. Just like ever yeah. so slightly smoky. Yeah, you get you get some some lighter ones. Because um, yeah, that's like one of one of my favorite distilleries is Talisker, um, mm. which. It, I think it's the only distillery on the Isle of Skye, and yes. they 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 use a particular sort of you know their their peating has a has a particular flavor to it, and their like base level whiskey is like you know a good amount, but then they've got sort of like levels above that which are just dialing everything up even more. Um, they're they're not not as extreme in terms of the way the peat sits in the whiskey to something like Laphroaig, um, mm, which is intense. It's almost medicinal. Yeah. Um, like a Laphroaig 10, you can smell across the room with, with how much that stands out. Um, um, but yeah, I, I once, I once ordered a whiskey in a, in a quite a nice bar on a park in Cambridge and I was feeling quite smug. I'd be like, I'll get a scotch. And then I, um, he's like, what do you fancy? I was like, Oh, that, that looks great. And it was the Laphroaig and I'd never had Laphroaig before. And I walked outside, like sat with my friends trying to look cool. And I was like, uh, I think there's like residue from the uh, dishwasher or something in this because it tastes, like smells really Had you never had any peated whiskey before? No, I'd I'd literally just started drinking whiskey and I was feeling really smug. And then I ended up taking it into the quite crowded but quiet bar and said to the barman, like, listen, I I don't want to cause a fuss, but I think there's something wrong with this. And he was like, smelled it. And he's like, what did you have? I was like, "Uh, that one. He's like, yeah, that's Pete. And I was like, who's Pete? (laughs) (laughs) What has he done to my drink? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's Pete. He comes in here and tampers with the glassware. Uh, he actually just no. doesn't wash them. He puts the dirty ones straight into the rack. Yeah, just <laughs> sprays them with like germaline. But yeah, I felt like a bit of fanny. Um, and that yeah. is a small insight into the constant horror which I live every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, any more to say on things which aren't just embarrassing moments for my life? No, I think uh, you and I Rad. both have different but good stouts. <laughs> I thought you were going to say lives. Anywho, I'm making claims I can back up right now. Fair, uh, Mike. Um, tell me a story. Oh boy, will I ever! Uh, so the the name Erebus uh, or Erebus with an O uh, usually would refer to the Greek god of darkness. Oh, I'm uh, so in. <laughs> you won't be. Give me a minute. Oh. Uh, often conceived as one of the first gods or primordial deities uh, within Greek mythology. Uh, one, one of the first five beings in existence, essentially. It's, mm-hmm. you know, your, your very early god created other things. Um, Old gods. Based on the artwork on this can, which is kind of like, there's uh, like star signs on it and it looks kind of cosmic. Um that I, I reckon that's what they were drawing on with with the when they chose the name for this beer, you know, God of Darkness, Imperial Stout. I kind of get it. Um, yeah. However, we're going to be talking about something else that goes by the name Erebus today. Okay. Um, that is. Can Mount- I make a? Oh, I was going to say, can I make a random guess that it's Mount is Erebus? It some, no, that wasn't what I was going to guess. I was like, is it like some kind of American missile system or something awful? <laughs> 
No, um, it is not. It is Mount Erebus, the second highest volcano in, Acta- in Antarctica, and the 1979 plane crash that occurred there. I was literally about to say the words, oh, hell yes, I'm into this. And then I was like, and the 1979 plane crash is like, oh, but. Yeah, yeah. I stand by what <laughs> I was going to say, because like, this sounds fascinating. Hit yeah, me. so th- so this is like uh, like like the episode I did on the Rainbow Warrior. This is kind of another piece of New Zealand history that I really didn't know shit about. Well, Mike, you'd be pleased to hear that that's probably my favorite episode. Well, good. This one, it's this one, what I recommend to people when they ask. Well, good. oh, thank you. Uh, well, problem is though, then, then it's like peak, and then every other episode they listen to <laughs> drops. Yeah, well, it's, it's peak, peaks and troughs all day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned uh, seconds ago, Mount Erebus is the high, high, second highest volcano in Antarctica, and the most active volcano there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been active for over a million years, uh, but is relatively low level in its activity. So it's pretty. It's a pretty good candidate for like long-term study up close on that particular type of volcano. Yeah, he's like a Willem Dafoe or a Pete Postlethwaite, you know, character actor. You know, yeah, just working away in the background. Roles. Exactly. N- not not making huge steps, but just, you know, getting shit done. So rarely billboard, but you know what? You see him in a film, oof, great. Yeah, Mount Erebus, sign me up. <laughs> um, Mount Erebus is just a few meters shy of uh, 3.8 kilometers tall. Um, but oof. since we'll be dealing with air travel, we've got to cover the Imperial uh, measurements so that's about twelve and a half thousand feet okay to put uh, that into context really hopes you do like so we've got to do it in imperial measurements so that's uh two star destroyers <laughs> well, that's eighty seven thousand hands <laughs> it's forty rods uh to forty hogsheads <laughs> <laughs> i can't keep doing this um no <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. out, I'm out of imperial measures <laughs> yeah uh that's Honestly, that's probably enough about like the mountain um, for now. Uh, so we'll get now onto the uh, disastrous day in 1979 mm. uh, with what would be the worst civil disaster in New Zealand's history. It's got to be the worst civil air disaster in Antarctic history. Yeah, Actually, I, I don't know, know yet. I feel like if that was the case, that would have come up on any of the websites I looked at, which included the New Zealand government's website about this, this disaster. They have a whole Lord. thing about it. It's great. I like to say this because, like, you know how I feel about coming from a small, big country. Mm. Uh, it's like, yeah, but there's not a whole lot going on in New Zealand. Says the yeah. man from a town of 12,000 in the middle of nowhere in the middle of England. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do go on. Again, England, a small country. <laughs> Tell me more, city boy. <laughs> <laughs> Once you've seen the bright lights of Ashby Dellas, you just have to turn back. <laughs> uh, Tell me about the town of Picton, New Zealand. The town that I lived in for a while that only exists because there is a ferry that goes between the two islands, and that's where it goes on the South Island. I've seen the statue of you in Picton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a 5,000-person town. Yes, what is the statue of you? Yeah. That's <laughs> no, Mike. Wish- He's got his own podcast. <laughs> uh, he made it. He's got a website and everything. <laughs> a thing you can literally just pay for. <laughs> so just, just a slight tangent. TJ asked me the other day, does Mike still own Jeffcott.pizza? I was like, no. Yes. So we went on it, and it turns out it redirects to a different website that 403s. Mm. I know why that is. Anyway, that's way off topic. <laughs> so at the time, in 1979, uh, New Zealand's national airline, surprise, it's called Air New Zealand, uh, was operating sightseeing flights to Antarctica. Uh, they were non-stop flights. They would leave New Zealand in the morning, fly over Antarctica for a few hours uh, and then return in the evening of the same day. That's Uh, rad. Yeah, the flights also had uh, knowledgeable guides about Antarctica on the flights to point out things that they were seeing, like it was a fucking double-decker bus in London. Right. Is this still a thing? And is it well catered? Oh, damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, how good would that be? But then also, while you're on there, they're just like plowing you with... Plowing? plying you with um like good booze and like delicious food save the plowing for later that name again it's mr plow um yes. like you you can yes. you can still do scenic flights to antarctica it's just not through in new zealand there's like entire companies set up for that kind of shit i assume yeah. mad buns. a little pricey well the thing is 
you know, we're talking 1979, these flights would cost uh, 359 New Zealand dollars at the time. That still feels low. I know it's higher it, now. It but. Just, I, I found the, uh, the New Zealand government also has a transport uh, inflation calculator to bring Lovely. that up to current costs. Uh, so that works out to about $1,200. That is nothing. Right? For what that is, I'll pay that. Oh, shit. That's, do we want to see how much we can do this for IRL? We'll, uh, I, don't know what, I don't know what Antarctica's current COVID safe plan is, but... It's probably fine. Yeah. Yeah. Cold. Anyway. Um, so this is 1979. Those, the flights, at least with Air New Zealand, I know Qantas was doing them as well. Um, the flights had been running since 1977, so it's only a couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. But the flight we're going to talk about from here on in was Air New Zealand Flight 901 uh, on the 28th of November, 1979. Uh, This flight left Auckland Airport with 257 people on board, uh, 20 20 crew uh, within that. Uh, The the pilots that day had never flown to Antarctica before, but were experienced pilots, and they they were definitely qualified for the job with their experience. They just hadn't done this route before or flown over Antarctica at all. Well, I was like, oh, that's not good. And I was like, well, everyone's got to do it at some point for the first time. Y- yeah. And and also it's, you know, you, you get trained in how to fly off instruments when you can't see what's going on. Like, it's, yeah. it's you know, stuff that they would have been trained in, just not that part of the world. Yeah, they're not flying in into theory. an aerial combat situation. Earlier. No. It's just, you know. Mm. So, yeah. In, uh, in early November, they were given a copy of the previous flight's flight plan, uh, flight plan uh, during a briefing, um, which is basically, you know, what they knew about the flight going into it. However, in the early hours of the day of their flight, November 28th, uh, a coordinate in the flight plan was changed. Uh, that was done to correct an error that was discovered in the pre-existing flight plan uh, that was introduced like over a year ago. Um, those who made that change believed it was just a small change to a long-standing point in the flight plan, but due to a typing error over a year prior, uh, that point actually got shifted 27 nautical miles to the east. Okay. Um. Honestly, it, I, I looked into sort of how this all played out leading up to leading up to the event. Um, it's a little confusing to go through what the error actually was and how they discovered it and then how this change was made. Uh, but the the short version is uh, the crew for the for the flight on the twenty eighth of November nineteen seventy nine thought that they were going to be flying over sea ice to the west of Mount Erebus, mm-hmm. but that twenty seven nautical mile shift that was programmed into the into the plane actually oh, I can imagine what happens next took them on a pretty different path. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was so going to ask you, like, yeah. what's 27 nautical miles do you know roughly? But then also, like, I was thinking, like, realistically, it's even if that's 10, 10, uh, about to say human miles, whatever, ground miles, that's 16K. Yeah. Imagine if you were, like, I'm 16 kilometers away from where I thought I was going to be. That's a significant yeah. it's, it's the difference between them flying over sheets of ice that are basically level and flying mm. basically over the peak of the mountain. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, it's... It's enough to make a difference, uh, as, as yeah. we'll see. Um, so, yeah, as, as the flight was nearing Antarctica, uh, it began descending. Um, I think they were shooting for like 2,000 feet, and that, that was like in their, in their plans. And they, they had clearance to, to do that, and they thought they were over sea ice, right, as I mentioned. Um, the pilot switched control over uh, at this point think, to the automated that's system. That's also about eight, what, eight, 800 meters? Uh, it might be, I don't have that in front of me. Wait, uh, 1200 meters, maybe. Maybe. They had a clearance, I think, to go below 6,000 feet, um, for, for certain parts of it, which they sort of radioed in and that was Very low. Yeah. Um, but again, they're flying over sheets of sea ice is the assumption, right? So yeah, it's flat. Um, the pilot, you know, as they were descending, pilot switched it over to the automated computer system. Um, and that's where, you know, the programmed flight plan along with the plane's computers kind of took over. Um, outside the plane, though, a layer of cloud had blended with the white of the snow on the on the sides of the volcano, uh, resulting in what's called a whiteout. 
uh, mm. which is where there's no contrast between the cloud and the snow. So it basically just looks like all the same thing. Uh, so it can be pretty deceptive uh, to everybody on board, including the crew, because um, there's no way to know sort of what you're looking at. Um, so yeah, it, it caused people on board to think that they were actually seeing the the frankly massive Ross ice shelf, um, which just, you know, spans as far as you can see basically when you're that close um when they were actually looking at the side of mount erebus the ross ice shelf for the by the way fun fact named after uh, of course david ice shelf uh, <laughs> uh king of the ice shelves yeah <laughs> of, the ice she- <laughs> of the dunedin ice shelves family uh, oh god it was actually yeah his name was actually ice sleeves but it was a typing error that that got that on his passport <laughs> that shouldn't got that shouldn't have got that much of a laugh. <laughs> oh, I really liked it. Oh, gentle humor. <laughs> yeah, the Ross Ice Shelf massive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can you just repeat the last sentence from your last bit by any chance? Yes. Uh, yeah. So people people on the plane thought that they were seeing the Ross Ice Shelf uh, when they were actually seeing the side of Mount Erebus covered in snow and because there was all the cloud kind of um making people confused about what they're seeing um Mm. that phenomenon at the time was not very well understood uh so none of the crew had actually been given training on it or how to how to notice it how to deal with it how to react to it as pilots any of that is it it's kind of like snow mirage what is that Uh, i mean i mean i guess it's just like a completely like it, it it well, it's not a thing that I don't know if it exists, but like it, it's a mirage caused by like the, the, those, like in the desert, people think mm. they see water because of the yep. way that the heat waves come off the no, sand it's, it's, and it it's causes not, what it'd, looks like water. It'd be more like if you were in snow and it was like, the cl- there was a lot of cloud and it was very, it was like a really white cloud and it mm. would be like that blur where you couldn't tell if you were looking at snow or cloud and you would just get super disoriented. Oh, so you can't see the like dividing line almost. Yeah, because there's not enough contrast between the two. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's kind of. What I mean, uh, yeah. Like, so basically, it's it's you're unable to tell what's really happening due to the due to the yeah surroundings, especially. Yeah. And yeah. It's like, like it's like there's a thing you, where people think they see giants in snow, apparently, and in, in fog, huh. because if your shadow gets projected against it, it goes really large, and they're like, ah. "Holy shit, it's a giant!" But it's just yourself. okay. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe something like that. But but yeah, it basically meant that no one knew what they were looking for. The plane was on yeah. auto control, basically. Um, they didn't know they needed to correct for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, at 12.49 p.m., uh, the ground proximity warning system began giving off signals uh, that the plane was becoming too close to the terrain, which is mm. why that's there. Um, unfortunately, there was no time for the pilots to react and correct for this. And within a matter of seconds, the plane oh, had crashed. The, yeah, the plane had crashed into the side of Mount Erebus. Um, I actually looked at. Uh, they had a map of like what the actual flight path was, and they were basically shooting straight for the summit. So fucking hell! Getting out of that is always going to be difficult. Like there's, um, I think I think it's called like go around power, which is where you like power up the plane to kind of go up as if you yep. were going to miss a landing or something like that. And there was like, based on that flight path, there's no way they could have recovered from that. Christ. Um, yeah. Do you know how how far up the, oh, how tall is the mountain? Do you uh, mountain? It was Do you what, 3.8 kilometers at the peak. And, how, and they were at what, about 2K, did you say at that point? Uh, 2,000 oh, feet. feet. So they're like so quite this... near the bottom. Yeah, really? Yeah. But they would have been Sweet coming Jesus. in, yeah. Uh, all... 257 people on board in New Zealand flight 901 f- died in that crash. Yeah, fucking no doubt. Yeah. Um, what followed was a pretty large search and rescue operation, including various organizations from New Zealand and the US Navy was was involved as well. Um, within so a day... They fucking beak into everything, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Antarctica is like a weird mess of international government relations and all sorts of stuff to begin yeah, with. Yeah, mad treaties. Yeah, um, within a, I think it's within about a day, uh, Operation Overdue had been launched for the recovery effort. Um, That's a terrible yeah, it's name. Not, it's not great. Uh, there's a few, I guess there's a few ways you could interpret that name, but 
there's only a couple that are charitable. Um, this was a like a pretty huge effort involving people from a number of different countries, uh, with the main goal being identification and retrieval of the bodies. Um, the teams mm. the teams operated on a 24 hour work schedule. Um, from there was like a testimonial from someone that was actually involved with it that that I read, uh, and the operation lasted until the 9th of December in 1979. So that's sort of a little over a week. Got to say, that must have been a mad depressing one because you're like, well, we know we're not going to find anyone alive, but also this is probably one of the most hostile conditions you could ever work in yeah, outside they, they, maybe they a had, war zone in Antarctica. Yeah, they, they had crews that were experienced with like mountain rescue sort of situations. Like they Still. did a pretty good job from the sounds of things, but it was like 60 oh. people on this on this thing. Um, so yeah, Can that I was- say, uh, our official line for that for the podcast is fuck that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you agree with that but i'm taking a hard line wait that which sounds part? awful Do, being involved with any of that i mean the awful crash and dying yes yeah that's what also like the search and rescue for that must have just been like yeah this is gonna suck yeah. so I, th- I think i think it was like f- uh 40 it was like 44 people or so where they couldn't um actually track down any of the remains for them in the Sweet end jesus didn't actually get that. I didn't actually put that specific number down, but it was like low forties. I remember that much. Um, Yetis got them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Antarctic Yetis. Um, a, f- a funeral uh, was actually held. You can tell because the they got big ears. <laughs> what? It's an African elephant joke. A oh, really man. weird one. That's, yeah. Don't ask. Anyway, um, the funeral. Yeah. Th- so Let's they, get back so to they the sad f- bit. They held. A, they held a funeral for, for everyone that was on that plane on the twenty second of February in nineteen eighty. Uh, and in 2006, the New Zealand Special Service Medal, in brackets Erebus, um, was created to recognize those who were involved with the the sort of recovery effort. Oh. Um, Sorry, the, I thought you were going to say given to everyone that died like no, posthumously. No, I was no, like, no, that's no, mad. No. So the, the New Zealand Special Service Medal is given out typically to like people that are involved in these kind of like um, big cool. efforts. And there's, there's like a number of different events that they've been given out for over the years. I think one of them was like, uh, actually, some of the nuclear testing we spoke about in the Rainbow Warrior episode, some people that were involved in that were given the New Zealand Special Service Medal. Um, so this was like one that was created specifically for this event. I get the feeling that, what was that White Island volcano thing that happened to you last year? Maybe, yeah. I, I, I haven't that too much into that. So I'm sure some people from that, the rescue operation from that might end up with Special Service Medals. Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, there, there, are, there are a couple of inquiries into the crash. Um, obviously with something like this, that's going to happen. Uh, the first, which was like the report was released in June, 1980, uh, focused on the cause of the crash, uh, and cited pilot error, uh, blaming the pilot for the descent below 6,000 feet in the first place. Um, as I've covered today, I think it's pretty obvious that that wasn't the case, uh, which is why the second inquiry was started later in that same year. Um, but it wouldn't actually release its findings until April the next year uh, in 1981. Um, that second report cleared the flight crew of all blame for the disaster, uh, pointing instead to the changes made to the flight plan and the failure to inform the crew about it uh, and kind of you know looking at ways that all of the pieces along the way could have been uh, done better to, to prevent that from ever happening. So, so the, the the like the end for one of a better word result was, was that it was unfortunately a typing error, not even the actual changes to the flight plan itself. There's there's some other stuff in there. Um, I, th- I think it was so so the original flight plan that they had when they started these flights in 1977 had an error in it which had been corrected by crews that did the flight, but that was never like filtered back into parts of the documentation as right. so I was like this compounding error of just not updating documentation. Horrendous. Yeah. Uh, so to, to sort of lead us on the way out and, here. And, and Mike, as a dev, how does that make you feel? Uh, it's, it's not a software problem. It is a people problem. No, but as someone who, you know, who automates things uh, for a living, yeah, it drives me up the fucking wall. 
<laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, like, the amount of devs that I've been like, yeah, the documentation wasn't updated and I'm yeah. fucking stuck. <laughs> yeah. Th- this was like, obviously, late 70s, so computers didn't exist for everything. Um, oh, yeah, no, no. But, it, but it was just a case of like, yeah, they, they, they were using an out-of-date flight plan and yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole mess of um, just process failures. And yeah, that sucks. Yeah. And then just, some. Yeah. Uh, so the disaster has been memorialized in a number of ways in the years since. Obviously, we spoke about the the service medal earlier. Um, I'm going to oh, finish. Yeah. You know, I think I, I think I knew this because I watched it at the weekend. I've, I, I'd never seen it before. Um, the movie Airplane. That's what this is about. <laughs> no. That isn't no, funny, uh, Elliot. That's just no, mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did actually watch that at the weekend for the first time for the record. Look, I wasn't Air, just being Airplane, an absolute arsehole. Airplane is a great movie, but not at all relevant to this. Let's take that offline because I've got lots of thoughts on that movie. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like I said, there's been a bunch of memorials uh, in the years since. Uh, I'm going to finish on one from an event last year, uh, which was actually the 40th anniversary of the disaster, uh, where Jacinda Ardern, sorry, Jacinda Ardern, New Zealand Prime Minister currently, and uh, Dame Tur- I fucking love her. She's great. Uh, and Dame Therese Walsh, the current chair of the Air New Zealand board, uh, delivering public apologies uh, for what happened on behalf of Air New Zealand and, and et cetera. Um, and sort of talking a bit about, you know, the changes Air New Zealand has made over the years to be a better company and, and it, mm-hmm. all, all sorts of things like that. Um, but the final line from uh, what Dame Therese Walsh said is, is what I'm going to sort of end the story on here. Uh, because I think the words are somewhat prescient today. On a high mountain, those who were loved were lost. Our memories of those who were lost can guide us. And that is the story of the Mount Erebus air disaster of 1979. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I expected this story of an air disaster to turn out yeah, like, right? but that ended on a real bummer. A little bit, like it's always, it's always going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sure, you didn't want to talk about Greek gods? We could have used the word gaping frenzy again. Honestly, like when I, when I started looking into it, I was like, man, I would love to, but I don't have three months to research this. <laughs> you know, we, we did discuss this when we did Norse mythology. It's like, yeah. cool. Like, Here as is soon, like as soon as I saw the chaos. Ladybird book version. Yeah. All right. Was, so, so this is mad because I've literally had a tab open on my phone until last week that was, it was like the Wikipedia page for the Greek primordial concept of chaos. Yep. And I was like, Last week, I was just, I've got 40 odd tabs open on my phone at any one time. Mm-hmm. And I just closed it and was like, I'm never going to read that. Like, let's just, just give yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. So, totally fair. But as soon as I saw the, um, the graph of like, okay, it all starts with chaos. And then yeah, chaos had insane. five children, one of which is Erebus. And then they all had a bunch of kids and they're all other gods within the Greek mythology. And I was like, oh, this sounds fucking this. fascinating, but not for this, not for this episode. I would need way more time. To, to prep that yeah you really would i i am now going to reopen that tab and read it but um yeah or you can uh, just play uh, hades man that game has uh, a bunch of that in there yeah i'm into that yeah yeah safe um also i don't want to play darkest dungeon completely unrelated yeah. um good story depressing story mike yeah you can see why i didn't want to do this one last week well i yeah we were all a bit fragile last week yeah um i could also see why you prefaced it with like the the psa of being like don't get excited <laughs> yeah yeah as, as every every time you kept like trying to ramp yourself up i was like oh boy you better start pumping those brakes <laughs> thank god i'm ever so slightly pissed now yeah um yeah. but yeah like like i was saying like with the rainbow warrior story it's it's a thing that kind of like this obviously happened like 10 years before i was born um, but it was, I think it was still something that like was mentioned at some point in school, but we never got taught about it to any extent. Mm. Same thing with the rainbow warrior. Like it was things you heard. Recent bits and history pieces never about. gets a look in, does it? No. Um, so it was, it was actually something that like, yeah, it's a bit sad, et cetera. But I was also like kind of glad to fill in that blind spot in my, in my own sort of national identity. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that you know about but don't know about. Like, you, you, yeah, you understand it happened, but you don't yeah. know much more than that. Mm. Yeah, I'm always a f- big fan of that stuff. Mm. Like, wouldn't it be great to be able to just be like, I want to get filled in on like at least the base facts of all the major events of the 20th century or something? Yeah, 
or, or you know, like a lot of it was wars. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. Like, it usually involves death, which sucks. Um, mm. other, I mean, like New Zealand's been first in the world in a number of socially progressive things, so I like to hold on to those too. But hey. um, there's things like this that don't get as much uh, fanfare or coverage. Um, so it's nice to kind of yeah, totally fair. Yeah, fill in those blind spots a little bit um, and tell a story along the way. Yeah, for sure. For, for sure. I think yeah. um, we managed to bring some levity to the deaths of you know nearly three hundred people as well. Yeah, to, to to the middle parts before I got to that. Also, in all fairness, it was forty years ago. Yeah, yeah. We're, I think we're we're on okay ground. <laughs> yeah, not I'm too not shaky gonna, now. I'm not going to try and claim too much there comedically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Oh man. Anyway. Um, any clothing? Any closing remarks that are less depressing than the one that Dame Watermachikot? Uh, Dame Therese Walsh. Um, that's the one. No, nah, not really. Um, trying to think. I'm, I'm most of the way through this beer. It's almost gone. Yeah, this is slipping down excellently yeah. well. Yeah, a bit of um. Actually, this is like um. There is a uh, a phrase in the UK and also a name of so gamma ray uh by. I can't remember what the name of the brewery is called. There's a brewery in the UK that does a beer called Gamma Ray, and that's like mm-hmm. as popular as like Bolter XPA over here. It's like, oh, right. you know, it's a really big pale ale. You can get it in most pubs and like bottle shops, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a beer called Neck Oil. Um, <laughs> oh. Because it, it lubricates your throat. Like, oh, I was thinking of like oil on the outside of your neck, and I was like, that's not good. But but it's it's like a it's it's one of those classic names for beers in the UK like neck oil. It's like oh, just, is it? Get, How have yeah, you ever heard but, it before? Uh it's not a common one. Okay, but it's like people say like oh, get your laughing gear around that. It means yeah, try this. That one I've heard. Or like get uh, get your neck around this. Like yeah, neck oil. Uh, I think it's a really great name. Fuck, what is the name of that brewery? It just it makes me think of someone who's got a greasy neck, and I'm not here for that. Mm, big greasy neck. Mm, no. Delicious. No. Um, yeah. Well, I'll, uh, <laughs> if that's not a good note to for me to stop talking, <laughs> and you just go, mm, yeah, mm, mouth noises and neck. neck oil. I don't like this at all. Um, that's going to sound horrible in the edit. Good luck. Um, looking uh, forward to that. Yeah, we should really outsource this to someone without taste. <laughs> <laughs> No, because they'll come back and say, hey, can you do all of that again? That was mostly just <laughs> gross noises. Uh, no, that's just how he speaks. He's English. <laughs> anyway. Got him. Um, spinning bow tie. <laughs> Let's get out of uh, here. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you, Mike. So, if you thought any of that was worth listening to again, but you're waiting for the next episode to come out and you think, is there some way I can look at these guys and what they do, but not hear them? Um, yes, through a high-powered telescope. One of us lives at 20... No. Um, you can find us on social media at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Hebrew Podcast. And now Mike's angry because he was going to cut me off, but I started to say no, the I'm actual not. thing. I'm not. I was just I'm wondering how close you're going to get to doxing me. <laughs> Mike, I barely know my address. Yeah, that's fair. You did just um, move. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Hebrew Podcast. That's Hebrew Podcast. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You know the usual places where you go. Things we don't yeah. have a TikTok because we're both over the age of twelve. Um, <laughs> but we I do have an email like address. Twenty-five or something. But yeah, you're right. That was what it was going to be. And as I started to form the words, I couldn't work out what the age of Twitter was. <laughs> I, I I've met e girls, and I'm I'm just about nine foot taller than all of them, and I don't. Yeah, that's all okay. I know. You are um, a big man. But they're all tiny. Yeah. They're all children. Um, anyway, Mike, we do have an email address, though. What's that? Uh, electronic we mail. We really alienated <laughs> the e-girl TikTok audience there. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so hello at Zone is where you can send mm. us literally anything. Absolute and banger of an email address. Do send up, us stuff. It's up to us what we do with it. If it's words, we might just read it out on an episode. Uh, if it's images, that's up to our discretion. The implication there is that you've been receiving things and just been slowly putting them in a box somewhere. Putting them in the Hebrew vault. We'll bring them out later. Yeah. Like, listen, I'm, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to talk about this on the podcast, but <laughs> this, email I'm, this, may, this email I'm sending to the Australian police. Uh, <laughs> is, this, is this because I was like, please send us stuff. We promise to read it out. And then people are like, right, here we go. <laughs> it's like, hang on. If we read this, we're I would like for five drugs. No, it's just like um, one of my favorite things in the world recently was when Trump got COVID and oh. then Twitter. No, you can stop st- right there. Well, no, because it got better. Because oh. people on Twitter were writing actual curses in Aramaic. Like, what? A dead language, like from 2,000 years ago, as responses to his tweet about having COVID. Where have these medieval nerds been? Not even medieval, man. Just like fucking immortal witches. I was so happy. Man. And it makes me think that that's what we've been receiving in the inbox. And it's like, if we read it out loud, are yeah. we cursed? Yeah, it's like if you say Beetlejuice three times, this podcast will explode. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect that as the ender. It's like, you won't appear. No, this podcast, like, yeah, if you pause this podcast for more than a minute, you need to listen to the whole thing. Otherwise, we'll come to your house. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize this, but every episode of Hebrew, if you listen to it backwards, it actually recites an ancient incantation ritual and a wizard will appear at your door and grant you infinite witches. Yeah, you, you thought we were just talking nonsense for no reason. Yeah. Um, Play it back, see what happens. Great bit in The Simpsons is like, if you listen to Maybe I'm Amazed backwards, you'll get a really ripping recipe for a lentil curry. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fantastic Beatles joke. Yeah, we've um, actually slipped in images into the spectrograph for every episode. <laughs> that's a really specific joke. It is, but it also made me think of another great Simpsons bit when Homer's in the coma and then he finds out Bart shook up his can and his heart monitor starts oh. resembling Bart's silhouette. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough Simpsons references for one day. That's a pretty good Send explanation of what a spectrograph is. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, send us shit, um, follow us on things, and leave a review on your podcast listening device slash medium of choice. Not device, mm. because that's just you writing something, Platform. a text to yourself. There we store. go, platform. That's not a store. You don't pay for it. Yet. <laughs> Sinister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, start we're going behind shake. a paywall. Yeah, start shaking the Hebrew hat. <laughs> Please, sir. Just, just a our, can. Our, our opening theme tune is just the sound of coins in a bottom of a bucket. No, no, it's, it's just empty cans rattling around inside a large bucket. <laughs> That's how you pay us in cans. Yeah. Anyway, this is getting weird again. Um, yep. <laughs> leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Leave us alone. Um, <laughs> I thought that right before you said it. <laughs> ah. oh, Quit these... hogging the brain cell. Just think, folks. One of these days, the podcast will return to normal and we'll be in the same room and not be so fucking weird because we're in the same room and we can no, see but we again. will still be this weird because we've always been this weird. Fantastic. Well... That was and always is the motto of Hebrew. Another one of our taglines, <laughs> famous constant, taglines. The constantly rotating motto of Hebrew. Yeah, we're. It's part of it. <laughs> and, and the other constantly rotating motto of Hebrew is that I've been Elliot. And I've been Mike. Cheers. Cheers. Goodness uh, me. Yeah, it got real weird towards the end. I think it's <laughs> all the drugs.